Get out and vote. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd. It's Election Day. We hope everybody gets out there and votes. We can't believe anybody's undecided at this point, but uh, if you are, please be sure to vote your values and get out there and make your vote count. Be sure to join our show on Wednesday, which we're going to have a special uh, election show and uh, hopefully be able to announce and talk about the results or at least what happened today. So uh, be sure to tune into our show, The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. You can find us through YouTube or through our Facebook stream. It's all labeled Focus Group Radio. Also, that's where our website is. If you'd like to go check out more about us and find out where all of our media is housed. While you're there, check out the Critics' Choice video logo. They've been a partner with ours since we've started. And uh, we invite you to shop away there and get some great deals, which we'll share with you later on in this podcast. Hello, Mr. Nash. I'm uh, puzzling about something for our election day special. Should I go and try to find some, uh, like you know, old tick stock ticker noises? <laughs> Coming over the wire now by a horse's head. It's you know. Did you see that they were doing? Somebody actually did one from. It might have been on MSNBC, but they were doing um, the Truman election, and you know, again, the country was in a much different place, right? So just, it's just someone walks up to a mic, you know. The votes for Ohio are in. <laughs> the 25 exactly. votes are going to go to. We believe that will make, you know, Truman president of the United States. There was no, it was none of this dun, 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 breaking news, you know, all the. Coming over the wire from Europe, you know, um, <laughs> there's a nasty man named Hitler in Germany. Uh, yeah, well. You know, um, the other thing that I've been I've been watching carefully is the media uh, and all the pollsters and 538.com and Nate Silver and The Economist magazine actually has a really great um, election website up um, where they're compiling. They don't put opinions up. They just show you the data. And I'm wondering if um, all the hand wringing is is the media is everybody just kind of like being afraid of saying anything or doing anything because of what happened in 2016 or are they just trying to create a horse race where there really isn't a horse race yeah i listen i am i i'm 50 50 on this whole thing you know i know that there's more paths to victory for biden than there are for trump but pennsylvania i think is still closer than what they say um they keep talking about uh, biden winning georgia i i've talked to friends in georgia they even can't believe it but, um, you know, maybe the case, who knows? So I'm, my concern is some of these states and Pennsylvania in particular, which, which has been in the news a lot has a, uh, a, the governor's a Democrat, but the house has been controlled by the Republicans forever. And for the last four or five months, they've been fighting with one another to say, let us start processing these mail-in ballots early, because I think there's close to Oh, I forget how many million that they have, but it, it takes, I forget how many times per, it, it took them 17 days to count for the primary, the mail-in ballots. Wow. Okay. And they were a 10th of the size of what this number is. So there were hundreds of thousands then versus what they're going to get now or what they have now. 
Because you have to open up one, you know, there's one envelope, then there's a secret oh, there's envelope. A process. Yeah, there's, there's a whole, whole process. process. And so yeah. what Florida does in some other states, because they've been doing this mail-in forever, is they process them as they come in, or they at least try to keep up with it so that you'll get the result on, on election day. Um, and in so many cases, because ballots were, mail-in ballots were such a limited number, whether they were overseas or they were the military, generally, unless something was very, very close, they really did not have any sort of impact on the final number or where how many electoral votes went to a particular candidate. So my fear is with Pennsylvania, I think the Supreme Court gave them till Friday to count. Yeah. And um, some counties have said they're not even going to start counting until Wednesday. So, well, you know, know, the other thing is, um, I know the Biden camp has been very uh, carefully looking at the Electoral College map, and they're hoping they can avoid it all and that Pennsylvania won't matter in the end. Yeah. And that that could actually happen based on some of the polling out of some states. I think the reason you're 50-50 and I'm 50-50 is it's not it, – let's just take Trump out of the equation for a minute, which is almost impossible because from a cultural point of view, he has sucked up every piece of oxygen in the country. It's hard to have a day go by when you don't utter his name or hear it on the news. But remove him for the moment. The reason I'm feeling iffy about this is I just don't trust our fellow citizens to cast votes the way we would like them to. And there are a lot of people who think he's doing a Jim Dandy fine job. Best president ever. Yeah. Or they're doing or they're they're going to vote for him because it's a get the libs, you know. uh, And I think that whole group also believes on some fundamental level their interpretation of what's happening with COVID-19. And. You only have to look across the Atlantic to see what's going on in Europe to know what our future looks like. I yeah. mean, France is in a lockdown again. England, London's in a lockdown again. And even though we have therapeutics and we know much more about it, um, you know, our, we can't let our health systems be overrun. And I guess Americans, certain Americans, are okay with 230,000 Americans dead from a disease, right? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, the, the reason it's because... Uh... <laughs> well, blame it on the start with blaming the Chinese and then go from there and um, take no responsibility and no leadership. The, the scary part for me about this whole thing, too, I don't know if you've seen in the news, I'm sure you have, is that uh, they're now building a non-scalable fence around the White House. And a lot of places have been shut down. I was talking to my neighbors, um, Pat and Joyce in the D.C., Maryland area, which has a lot of government buildings, and they're shut down through at least Wednesday and boarded up. and. Um, so there's some fear that uh, no one knows what's going to happen. So hopefully um, on Wednesday morning, things are calm. But I guess we don't know. That's the fear of this whole thing for me is we have no idea, right? Yeah, we have an idea. I, I think I don't think there's going to be a civil war. There may be protests. Um, you don't think he's going to declare early? I don't. If, if, you but know, if, if, if ballots aren't counted, he'll say, well, I had one. Well, he could say it, but that doesn't make it so. And, yeah. you know, he, every vote has to be counted for the for that process to be finished. And, you know, I was watching a, a program about the uh, Bush-Gore election. You know, Gore was extremely gracious when he accepted the ruling of the court and about the Florida recount, the whole bit. And But everybody kind of waited. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know... I don't know. We'll see. No, he's threatening to he's threatening to call it early. So we'll see what happens. Well, we'll talk about it on Wednesday morning. 
<laughs> you well, and 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 I'm wondering if we we can talk about it at that point, and we're not going to get dinged by YouTube and everything, right? I hope not, but you know, right. we'll figure out a way around it. So, what do we got so today? We, so, we got three quick stories today. The first one is uh, our friends, the <laughs> One Million Moms, again, are back at it. They've accused Uber of glamorizing the LGBTQ lifestyle for having a queer eye star in the commercial. So, the conservative group One Million Moms has has accused Uber Eats of glamorizing the LGBTQ lifestyle over its new ad campaign because it features the Queer Eye star, Jonathan Van Ness. So they've already got 6,300 signatures for uh, for protests, which I laughed. I'm like, well, I thought it was a million moms. <laughs> it's the, the million moms it always strikes me as three women at a kitchen table, probably a linoleum floor and some old 1950s equipment in there, like a stove and a refrigerator. But Maybe even yeah. less. Right? <laughs> <laughs> one million minus all the zeros, like one person. Um, so they're all tuned up. So they're the, the, what my one takeaway in this whole thing, and I'll let you you give your your spin on it, is that you know once again, I don't know why they're even bothered to be involved in this, but this is part of a campaign that Uber Eats did. They happen to use this queer eye star. Uh, the million moms doesn't like it. It thinks you're glamorizing some sort of you know demon demon lifestyle. First of all, it's not a lifestyle. We all know that it's 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 like saying I'm black and that's a black lifestyle. Being gay is the way you're born. It's not a lifestyle. So somebody needs to teach them on that. And um, then my final question to them simply would be, I wonder how the million moms feel about a president who advocates, uh, you know, grabbing women by the pussy, cheating on three wives, paying off a porn star. That's okay. But using somebody from Queer Eye in a commercial, that's a big no-no. That's that's a sin. Yeah, you totally read my mind about this. It's it's hypocrisy writ larger than life. They might as well be flying banners over the sky. We're we're we are we're evangelical, we're hypocrites. I think that Uber Eats simply looked at two very popular personalities. Gymnast Simone Beals is in the um ad with Jonathan Van Ness, and the ad sounds kind of funny because they're both doing, you know, they're ordering food, whatever, and she'll do this, he'll do that. And at the end, a spokesperson for Uber told NBC News that the company is unapologetic, unapologetically committed to representing the flavor spectrum. Jonathan Van Ness and Simone serve gymnastic prowess and self-confidence qualities millions of moms everywhere can and do support, <laughs> which I thought was a kind of a nice way to like, spin the knife in the other direction. Yeah. It's it's just two fun personalities doing a TV spot. And and. You, you could read into it all you want. They clearly did. But I would not go further than the two personalities. Uber Eats, it, it's it's deliver, it's food delivery. It's not exactly going to change the world, right? And I'm shocked that there would even be an Uber Eats within 50 miles of where these broads live. But anyway. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the second one. Have you ever done Jägermeister shots, John? You do Jäger in college? Oh, that was years ago. It brings, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> so, and that, and, and it is last century, I believe. So that's the last time I had Jägermeister, but I didn't, I didn't know that they were apparently um, LGBT friendly. So good for them. But Jägermeister has launched this call to action to save 15 remaining lesbian bars in the U.S. So my takeaway on this um, was that they're doing this campaign to save the, the 15 remaining bars down, I, down from something like 200 right 200 in the 80s which is even still a low number but i was shocked that there were that few uh, remaining lesbian bars we also know that obviously there's a demise of the gay bar and uh safe spaces for for um for the community as well but so jägermeister has joined with um this group on this project called the lesbian bar project with some uh filmmakers and they're going to try to raise money and and um 
awareness of the importance of having these spaces and they they highlighted a few of them. Have you been to any of these in New York? Have you been to the Cubby Hole or Gingers or Henrietta Hudson? We've walked by. <laughs> you haven't been in. Cubby, well, Hole, Cubby Hole was famous, right? I mean, that was kind oh, of where sure. Madonna used to hang out in San, San sure. Bernhard and whatever. You know, the funny thing about this, so I, I applaud this effort. I think that it's a super cool thing that they want to do these 90-second um, interstitial videos that that promote the positivity of the space uh leah delaria i think from orange is the new black is she the yeah she is the um uh she's she's the voiceover and the and the and the per, the personality associated with this um you know going way back in time uh it was kind of a funny thing in new york uh you knew where the lesbian bars were but you and you could go in as a gay man, but it was kind of like, this is our place. You have your bar up the street. Yeah, plenty of your places don't come in. <laughs> and I'm not saying it was, an, it was no, no, there was nothing mean about it. It was just like, hey, come on, you want to play pool? Because they actually had the better pool tables. Yes, the, they um, did. They were better maintained as opposed to the gay bars. So, you know, you want to play pool? Okay, but you guys can go up to, uh, you know, Uncle Charlie's on Greenwich and have a gay old time. <laughs> there was a lesbian bar in Philadelphia near where I live called Sneakers. And I went in once and um, immediately just turned around and walked out because it was one of those things, like a scene in a movie, you walk in, the jukebox stops, everybody turns and looks. <laughs> it's like, I thought I'd, stop, thought I'd stop in for Miller Lite. And then... <laughs> Glass of milk, please. And then there was a bar in Chicago up near where we live too called Big Chicks. and um, But I think that one was a bit more mixed, but... Um, that one we would go, we'd have a great time in there, but it's, uh, yeah, there was usually the, the lesbian bars were kind of just for the women, right? Yeah. And, and th that's an interesting thing because the last time I was at a gay bar was well, long before the pandemic and, uh, a while ago, because it was before my friend Alex moved out, uh, West to do, uh, to be with his part, his, uh, his soon to be husband to do their, his master's work in Indiana. And we went to a gym, gym bar or something. It was a, a sports bar or something like that. And it was a very mixed crowd. It was mostly gay men, but there were plenty of straight guys and there are lots of women and everybody was just laughing, having a good time and watching the videos and having drinks. And I don't know that that's the case. If you flipped it around, I don't want to make a judgment, but it, it's always been my experience that the, the, it was the gay bars that were like, Oh, come on in, whatever. And, and the lesbians are fine too. They'd be like, Oh, come on in. But there was back in the day, there was this edge to it. Like, Okay, you can go up the street. <laughs> I, do, I do take it back, though, once, now that you bring it up. I went to a gay bar with our friends Pam and Nancy in San Francisco. And we walked in, and I, I was really uncomfortable. It was packed. There were hundreds of people in there. But I was shocked most about the fact that there were these very good-looking men dancing with these women. And they look kind of like the kid by Saved by the Bell, you know, that blonde, the hair like you used to have mm -hmm. that blonde. Boyfriend. Yeah. So at one point, Nancy's like, what do you think? And I said, you know, I'm really sh shocked about all the straight couples in here dancing. She said, where? I sat out on the dance floor. She said, those are women. I said, <laughs> like, they were in khakis, Oxford shirts, these great, like, men stylish haircuts. I said, I'm in the wrong town. I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, a quick note on San Fran. When uh, years and years ago, when Bob's sister, his youngest sister, lived in New York, she had dinner with us one time. I've told you this before. And she's like, guys, I, have a, I, have, I want to tell you that I'm moving to San Francisco. I can't meet any men in New York. <laughs> and we're like, what? You're moving where? Are you going to meet? <laughs> she ended up meeting her husband. So <laughs> those things her. do happen. Yeah. Good for our last story here is um, LGBTQ couples rush to get married before Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court. So, of course, now she is confirmed. But this was just a bigger story. This took place in Missouri, and there was this rush of couples that seemed to 
um, same-sex couples that are getting married for the fear that because of um, Justice Barrett's position um, about what she feels about uh, about marriage equality, that there may be a chance for marriages to be overturned. And so this was just an example of this story here in Missouri, where there was a pastor that was offering free services and a number of other organizations to same-sex couples that wanted to get married. And then I was reading the I was reading through the the comments section, and because you and I have had this conversation, could this really happen? You know, could could a case come through up to the Supreme Court and then marriage equality be overturned over overfell? And so there were a number of people in here that said, you know, it 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 depends on where your state was with this. So, for instance, in New York State, before the Supreme Court decision, marriage was legal. So they said you'll be fine if you're in a state where it was legal before it was federally legal was kind of the takeaway that I took. But did you, what was your thought on this? I, I think that um, the comments, I'm glad you read the comments section, by the way, because that was almost more interesting than the story itself. Um, to round out the story, 16 couples in all were wed. A number of bakers and uh, florists participated and made it really a fun day for everybody. Everybody looked, you know, dressed nice. But then the comments were interesting because from the legal perspective, I'm not sure what cases are going before the court that would actually call into question the very principle that Kennedy uh, voted on five years ago. There is a case being heard Wednesday or Thursday this week um, about an adoption uh, issue in actually it's Pennsylvania and Philadelphia specifically in their contract to allow um, a Christian organization to place foster kids. And that Christian organization said, well, we don't want to place these kids in, you know, gay homes. And that goes against the city's discrimination policy. So it's really, a, it's an, and, and the fear is that they're going to water down gay marriage. I'm not sure how that works, actually. When, when people say they're going to water it down, um, I, if if it's still a contract that's recognized by the state and the federal government, how's that watered down? I think what they refer to is these religious exemptions that will allow people to not serve, like cake, you know, bakers or florists or photographers. But you, do you know what I'm getting at? Like, there has to be a, there's an there's a specific case that the uh, the case that was decided for you know gay marriage was very specific, and it had to the the ruling had to be you know. The way that came down had to be a certain way. I'm not sure what's going up that would overturn it immediately. But we do know there are some justices who have it in their mind right. that it was poorly decided law. And the thought was what some, again, it said here is that, that if, it was, if you were from a state where it was legal, and they gave an example of California as well, but for instance, we'll use New York. And if you were from a state that was legal um, before it became a federal uh, the federal case or the federal issue with the uh, with the government that should be okay, which leads then to the Roe v. Wade and all the other issues is then it, they become states' rights or that that seems to be the conservatives' position on this. Well, your state can decide, and then we're doing what um, the mess was before, right? So you 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 and Bob could travel from New York to Missouri, and all of a sudden you're not recognized as a couple in Missouri, right? Well, that was going to be my next question, and that's one of the things that the overarching federal uh, mandate eliminates that problem, but <clears throat> you're married for years in one state, you move to another that doesn't recognize your, your marriage or doesn't conduct them, but that's the whole question. Would they recognize it if it was done somewhere else? And that's, yeah, I, I think we're a way away from that, but I could be wrong. We'll see. Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, well, it's worth taking note of. It's worth paying attention to, so. 
Oh yeah, 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 very much so. Hey, we we uh, we mentioned earlier on that uh, Critics Choice has been with us uh, since the start here of TFG Unbuttoned. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. If you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can click on the Critics Choice video logo. We like to get credit there, so please start your shopping there. There's a um, sale going on right now. Now that we're in November, if you can believe it. <laughs> you can save an extra yeah. 20% on all orders over $50. You just have to enter the coupon code TURKEY, and it lists all the rules and um, and products that are offered there with, with the banner. But there's always some sort of great sale going on there. And uh, I laugh because the first thing that came up on the uh, on the turkey special was Star Trek. <laughs> so I thought oh. I thought either they they know that you and I are connected or that just, uh, just was or random. Or it just came up. You know, it's funny you bring up a sci-fi film because I was on the homepage of Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, and I saw a film that I read about um, literally in September, maybe August, and it's a movie called Archive, and uh, it stars uh, Theo James, super handsome guy, and Stacey Martin, and it takes place in the near future. It's not too far down the road. It's it's a recognizable future, and he's a uh, scientist working on an artificial intelligence human equivalent, and he becomes obsessed with putting his wife's consciousness in this AI equivalent like a robot um, after she's killed in a car crash. It's a very standard setup for science fiction. You know, it's it's almost... Why do, uh, sci-fi, just... why do these sci-fi movies always want to create a human, a robot? Why well, do you want to do that? It, it, it's it, you nailed it. This is a very what's the what's the word the trope. It's a very typical thing. But in this case, um, I read some reviews of the movie which are not bad. Um, and for sixteen thirteen on uh, Critics Choice Video for the DVD, it's it's definitely worth a buy to pick it up and and watch it because they said it's one of these interesting movies that revolves around uh, our our assumptions about what would happen if you gave a machine consciousness and would it react the way we think it does and would it, would it act the way you think it does and the movie's supposed to be very surprising and not so bad um that's <laughs> not a good way to put it but i always like finding these kind of surprise movies so i would recommend archive and as tim said if you're a star trek fan there's plenty to buy on critics choice video from that collection i you know i'll tell you i'll tell you personally you could do that so anyway Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, happy Election Day. If you're online waiting uh, to vote and you just heard the podcast, thank you for listening and thank you for voting. Focusgroupradio.com is our site and you can learn about us there, including all our media is there. And be sure to check us out on Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook Live. And of course, you could always time shift and grab it later. And that will be the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. So we want to thank Critics Choice Video again for uh, being a partner of ours here on TFGM button, and we want to wish you all a good week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com. <laughs>